No, but we're excited tonight. Good to see everyone uh, tonight. <clears throat> so the Lord is good. Yes, he is all the time. And so um, I tell you what, this past Sunday uh, was, was just God, you know, just even with the word and then just the, uh, the <clears throat> you know, just his presence you know, in the midst, and, you know, I was just even listening back to the message because I didn't know all that I, that even came out of my mouth, but I'm like, man, God, this is such a good word, uh, even though, uh, you know, it's a strengthening word, it's a building word that grows us up when we're talking about repentance, <clears throat> and so it's, it's, it's good, it's all good, so we continue on, uh, even tonight, there's some additional things that so in my heart to be able to share, you know, in regards to that, but one thing that I was reminded of uh, to just make known, and I want to make sure that I, you know, do this a little more often, you know, whenever it comes across my mind. Um, but just to remind me, to remind you, to remind all of us that tonight we're talking to, to the king, to the royal nature that's on the inside of you. And that we're all aware of the royal nature, that we are kings, we are queens in the Lord. <clears throat> Amen. And I think we even talked about it uh, just when I was just walking the aisle on Sunday. It's like, you know, we have our heads up. We have our head up and we make eye contact. But again, <clears throat> speaking to the royal nature tonight, even when we're talking about changing, it's always an elevation. It's always promotion. It's always something that God looks to bring us up in. And so uh, <clears throat> uh, I guess to kind of bring up just a little bit, uh, of course, you know, Wednesday, well, no, I've been ministering on just, you know, our response to the presence of the Lord. And last Wednesday, uh, we came from Acts, <coughs> excuse me, Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit poured out and the, the people were speaking in tongues and prophesying and things of that nature. Uh, but there were some that gathered and said, what does this mean? So we talked about what this meant uh, last, some of the things as far as for what does this mean before we kind of shifted gears a little bit. And then on Sunday, we talked about what must I do, because that was their response in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, 38. What must I do? And then Peter preached and said, repent and be baptized. And so we talked about repentance and, you know, that meaning uh, the mind change. So, again, I want to bring uh, to remembrance just a stat that we read this past Sunday. They don't want to share again, but 10 percent as it pertains to learning. We remember 10% of what we read. <laughs> we remember 20% of what we hear. We remember typically 30% of what we see. <clears throat> and then when you combine seeing and hearing together, it's about 50%. And then it's about 70% that you remember, that we remember what we actually ourselves say and write. But then one of the key things is we remember 90% what we do. And it's that doing, somebody just say, this is due season. <laughs> and I'm not talking about due season for, for, the, for the mommies that are carrying right now. You know, got a little bit more time. But <laughs> this is the due season as far as for the D-O, <laughs> excuse me, and it actually doing what God has called us to do. Yeah, let me grab this right here. And doing what God has actually called us to do. And, of course, we said this, that a proper response, uh, you know, amongst the many that we've done, repentance is definitely a proper response uh, as it pertains to the presence of the Lord when it is manifest. 
And then in doing so, in doing, the meaning um, becomes clear, takes on greater clarification. And so I shared a little bit about the word repentance. We know that the word repentance literally means in the Greek, it means this, to change one's mind. In the Greek, it literally means to change one's mind. So when they talked about repent, uh, in many of the contexts, it talks about uh, changing one's mind. And then here's another definition, to change one's mind for better. And now, of course, repentance is powerful. It is absolutely powerful. And so uh, <clears throat> there's some things that I want to talk about tonight, just even breaking that down just a little bit as far as for just some of the risk of repentance and rewards of repentance. And so <clears throat> some of the risk, having a changed mind is not comfortable. Or the process of changing our mind is not comfortable. As a matter of fact, I have this quote here, <clears throat> where we begin may feel ordinary. Taking risk for him, meaning God, triggers the remarkable. Where we begin may feel ordinary, but taking risk for him triggers the remarkable. So I've heard people have this, kind of, you know, this, this little statement now. Whenever <coughs> something happens, they see something or hear something, they say, oh, man, I'm triggered. But again... Taking risk for him triggers the remarkable. So we want the remarkable to be able to happen. That's part of, you know, marking and, and, and all of that. Don't have time to go into that aspect. But having a changed mind or going through the process of changing a mind isn't comfortable. It's risky because you're doing something that you've never consistently done before. As you're stepping, as we're stepping into the new. Here's the thing. Long-standing habits have been built on deep core values or traumatic experiences. And a change of mind could mean a change in a variety of things. So that's why some people don't want to change. And I, I think, this is coming to me now, you know, I think in my life I've had a tendency to, to learn to change. And it's, and it's still on a personal level, I still have to do it. But when you're with the military, you are forced to change. You are forced to change your environments. doesn't matter what you say, but and I've, and I've people ask me, it's like, man, where are you from? And I just have to take a pause and say everywhere. They're like, no, well, you got to be from somewhere. And I say, well, I was born in Dallas 30 days, then we moved around to different states in different parts of the world three to four years. So I've learned a little bit about how to adapt to change, but guess what? When it comes to the self, oh, man, that's when you find out what you're dealing with. <laughs> and we don't like dealing with us. <laughs> it's easier to deal with other people. Dealing with us is work, but it's so absolutely necessary. So again, because we've got long-standing uh, habits that have been built on core, deep core values or traumatic experiences, and a change of mind could mean a variety of things. And so some people don't mind change, but it's the cost they don't want to pay. Because it costs to change, don't it? <laughs> It costs to change, and some people don't want to change because of the new, but <clears throat> here's some of the things that we can see change, some of the risks. It could mean some friends and associations that we've been comfortable with will no longer be a part of this new life. 
And that doesn't even always mean, quote unquote, friends that kind of pull you in a wrong direction. But sometimes it's just ideologies begin to change. Viewpoints. Some people don't value or they don't want to go any further or they don't want to change. I've heard this other quote, you know, if there's no repentance, then you found somebody that chose to stop growing. I'm like, wow. And so it means a shift in associations. I remember thinking about this and I still have, you know, my accountability brother to this day. He'll text and say, hey, you know, what? this is my goal. This is what I'm looking to do. Um, So I'll respond back and, and check up on him. But I remember, you know, our crew, we were super deep, and then everything got real narrow. It was, we was probably about like 20 strong, and next thing you know, it wound up to being three. We were the Peter, James, and John. <laughs> because we made a decision. It's like, yeah, you know, we're going to go for Jesus. And then you come to find out the people that even think they're going for Jesus, they don't want to go to where, <laughs> they don't want to go like how you want to go. Shucks, I'm thinking of family right now. But anyways. It causes you, even people that are blood-related, it causes that association. It's like, ah, you know what? And some people are like, man, you know, I don't want to change. I don't want to pay that cost because, you know, I don't want to lose this friend. Hey, you know, I've lost them. Can't track them down. Some people I'm not even trying to. Thank you, Jesus. I look at some pictures, you know, I look at some pictures, uh, it's, it's, it's funny, just some of the night and day difference. I remember me and some homies of mine, we were going to Baltimore, and some of y'all might know this, but in the city, when you take some pictures, they have like a little spray-painted background. So it was like a spray-painted, and so me and my guys, we were up there, we were throwing our little set, our little crew, we had our little squad that we rolled with, and I look at that picture, and I'm like, wow, thank you, Jesus, for deliverance. I was like, man, how did I get connected with such a crazy bunch? But anyways... I'm like, you know, I'm not even trying to track them down. Man, I wonder what happened to such and such. God bless them. We, we're in two totally different spaces. And so, um, but it is it's a risk, but it comes, it, it has its benefits. And so also, repentance also means another thing that's risky about it. Repentance also means an admission of incorrect thinking and wrongdoing. When you repent, it means, hey, I was wrong. I was guilty. And so it brings you to a place of humility, which sometimes we don't want to come to. Because then it's a self-admission. It's like, well, man, and then one thing that that I've experienced is like, you know, sometimes didn't want to repent because now you're acknowledging the fact that you hurt somebody, which you didn't want to hurt. But it's like, look, I just don't want to admit that I hurt it. So let me just not repent at all. But then it keeps things clouded up. And so um, avoidance... (laughs) does not resolve the issue. (laughs) Avoidance or ignoring a sin or missing the mark does not remove what was done. You can't just be like, well, I'm not going to repent, but we're just going to forgive about it and just keep on moving. That's just not how it works. But when we do repent, it is a catalyst to several benefits. Several things that get ushered in, things that are released. Some rewards. I want us to turn to Jonah. <laughs> this is actually, man, when you actually just read it, it is so, it's a short book. But Jonah, turn to Jonah, scroll to Jonah. I hadn't been to Jonah in so long. I was like, man, where? I was like, I knew it was a minor prophet, but it's like tucked away between Obadiah and Amos. And then, you know, because you got to, 
I mean, you flip five pages <laughs> and you th think that you're going to run into it. But here's this, I don't know if it's necessarily, well, I don't know if it's a reward, a benefit, power, whatever the case may be, but you can write this down. True repentance destroys strongholds. True repentance destroys strongholds. <clears throat> Need to say that one more time. True repentance can destroy strongholds. All right, and so we're familiar with this part. Uh, you know, in chapter 1, that's when, uh, matter of fact, we'll just look at the first two verses, then we'll kind of skip through some of this. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. So the word of the Lord came to Jonah, and what did he tell him to do? Yeah, go to Nineveh. Look at Jonah's response to the voice and presence of the Lord. Verse 3, Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And there's so much revelation in that one statement. It's like, man, you're going to pay from believing the presence of the Lord. You want to go your own direction, it's going to cost you. <laughs> but the Lord, verse 4, sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like broken. And then, of course, it starts talking about the people, the mariners, the people that were on the ship that were afraid, and everybody started calling out to their gods. They say, hey, everybody call out to your God because somebody done messed up. So maybe one, of your, maybe one of your guys will be able to listen. And then they were calling out, and then they realized, man, hold up. This dude, Jonah, down in the boat, sleep. They're like, what are you doing, sleeper? Wake up. Call out to your God. So he calls out to his, well, he calls out, well, he starts to say about who he is. He's like, hey, you know, I'm a Hebrew. I fear the Lord. And then the people became afraid. So he told them this. He was like, look. Throw me into the sea. We're familiar with this. Throw me into the sea. They're like, no, we're not going to do this. They kept throwing other stuff, but then they threw him into the sea, and they were like, look, Lord, forgive us. Don't let there be any blood upon our hand for throwing this man over the sea. And then, of course, they worship God, and I love it how the Bible says that the Lord prepared a great fish. <laughs> the Lord prepared a great fish that was going to be Jonah's personal cruise liner to get him back on track. It's like, look, there's not going to be another boat that's going to come pick you up. I'm going to send a fish so that way you can get it together. Now, while he was in there for three days, um, I think Jonah, like many of us, would come to a place of repentance. <laughs> three days, and it says, you know, that he, his heart turned towards the holy temple. And he started crying out to God. 
And actually, when you go back and read it verse by verse, man, it's just so much stuff that just comes out, you know, you know again, as you read it. But then we see here in chapter 3, and the word of the Lord <laughs> came unto Jonah the second time. So I didn't write this down, but when I saw this again, I was like, oh, you know what? When we repent, we actually get to hear God again. But then what we hear God again is what he said the first time. <laughs> and so, verse 2, he says this, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. In other words, don't have your own message. Preach what I tell you to preach. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the, a city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them. Now, the prophet Jonah had to first repent in the belly of the great fish before he could release a word of repentance. So I think it's, it's, it's very powerful for us because, you know, God has a tendency to deal with his church first. To deal with his body first. To make sure that our minds are aligned and in the, in the proper order for what it is that he wants to do. And so now Jonah had this wonderful word of repentance, but then that word that was released began to break a stronghold that was over the city. They were under the influence of worshiping a false deity, a goddess named Ishtar, the goddess of war and love. But as soon as he came and God gave him this specific message, and as soon as he came and said, look, 40 days is coming, the people heard it and believed God. How can people come to a point of believing God unless one is sent with the word that is preaching repentance? In other words, hey, Nineveh, you guys got to stop doing it. And it was for 40 days. He's going around in the city. And then the king heard it. So now the same message reaches its way up to government officials. And then they hear the message and then they repent. They call a fast. And everybody's heart turns towards the Lord. So a whole city stronghold got broken because of the message of repentance. I remember it was in, um, <laughs> I don't want to even go to that part. So a whole city stronghold got broken because of the message of repentance. Is that possible today? Absolutely. When we have people that rise up and say repent, so that's one of the beautiful things about this message, when we experience it ourselves, we're able to share and release that same message and that way other people can experience the breakthrough that comes from repentance. When we have a changed mind, oh, even when we have a changed mind about what God has called us to do, that can bring about breakthrough. And so here, once an area of repentance has been identified, then the breaking grace of God can come and alleviate and remove chains. His grace breaks through. You 
You know, one thing, even when I was just thinking about this and, and praying and reading and things of that nature, because we've talked about the responses to God's presence, but didn't want to bypass the fact that I realized it's like, man, you know what? <laughs> we have these responses, but there's something, there's another side of us that also tries to respond to the presence of the Lord, too, and that's the flesh. The flesh will try to respond. It's interesting here. You can have a word like this came about on, on this past Sunday and experiences and things of that nature. But then it's the old nature that will try to come back up and be like, yeah, that was a great message. But then if we only hear it once, then it goes back to those statistics, right? <laughs> I'm sitting here listening to the message again on a podcast. It's like, man, I said that. And I'm the one saying it. So I was only catching about 60 to 70 percent. And I was like, oh, wow. This, and it was hitting me like I'm hearing it for the first time. And I was like, Lord Jesus. It's like, yeah, God, thank you, Lord. I'm changing my mind even in some other areas. That's why we got to keep hearing the word. Over and over and over again. That's what happens for, for change to be able to happen. I think I've shared this at some point before, but I think it's worth repeating again. Uh, I've heard this from, from Navy seamen that said an aircraft carrier takes 15 miles to do a U-turn. Because of how large, it, that thing is the size, it holds 5,000 people. If you see them up close, they are massive. But it's, they can't just do no straight U-turn. They have to go this way, way around before there's a change of direction. So that's why this city right here, Nineveh, they, they had like an immediate, well actually it was 40 days. It was a 40 day message, repent, repent, repent. Once they got to around day 39, it was like, oh, we got you, we hear you. We hear you <laughs> until all have heard. That message had to be declared and proclaimed so that way change. And so some stuff is like, man, you know, and stay in it. If it's something, if it's a direction that you know that God has been calling you to change, it's like, Lord, it's so hard to change. Stay with it. Let that grace work. Don't stop. Don't quit. And the church said, yeah. And so we know this. The flesh doesn't want, the flesh does, the flesh wants no part of repentance. It doesn't want to have to go through that pain. I know my, my exercise routine was a little bit off uh, as when I was, because, you know, I'd been recording. Thank you, Jesus. I'm done. And so that project is finished. Very excited about that. And so I had a chance to go out running again, and I had to shift my mindset because normally as the weather changes, my body's like, no, no, we're not running. It's cold. Got out there, started running, and I was like, Lord, Jesus. My legs were cold. And then the body starts like, oh, man, you haven't been on this pavement uh, in, in a couple of weeks. After, after I was done, I was like, okay, this felt good. You know, stretch. But then the mindset, it was like, okay, Lord, we got to get back in the groove because it's been a little while. But we're not going to hibernate <laughs> in, the, in the winter. So I was like, Lord. Help my mindset to get back on this track the way that I was before. Help my body discipline 
to understand it's like, no, we're going through this process again. Yes, it's going to be painful, but the rewards of getting on this is going to be so beneficial. We're doing this for the long term. His chest started beating a little bit. I was like, nope, I'm speaking to my heart. I'm speaking to my body. We good. Started walking. I was like, get to a certain point. It's like, okay, we're going to walk. We're going to get back into this. But it's good. The spirit gladly receives the word, but the flesh shows up on Monday. <laughs> as soon as we get triggered in another sense, it's like, oh, nope. Why did they say that to me? And then, or why did they cut me off? Or, and then all that stuff, the worship and tears and Lord, I bless you and God, I thank you. And then it, it can come out the window because the enemy's looking for that flesh access. And not that we're going to spend a whole bunch of time on it, but true repentance will help take care of that. There's grace for this. <laughs> Here's the thing. God is busting the ceiling and the things in high places that have been suppressing his glory. As the message of repentance goes out, even things that are in, in, in high places, it can't come against the message of repentance or the results of repentance. Under the anointing of the Lord. Here's another benefit or reward. Repentance is the message of Jesus. And then this repentance comes before the manifestation of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said this in his own message. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus preached repentance. And then we heard this. In Acts chapter 3, verse 19, as far as we'll repent and be converted so that times of refreshing can come. That's why there has to be, and that's why there's contending even in the spirit realm as far as for just even the minds of the culture and the words that are released amongst the airwaves. So that way they can be even open to hearing the message of the gospel. That's why we have to penetrate these airwaves with the message of the gospel and the message of truth so that way people can hear. People need to know, hey, you know what? Change your mind. Repent. Come into the understanding of Jesus Christ. And, so that, and I'm telling you, the enemy starting at a young age. There's stuff being released in school systems across this country now, in school systems, in public areas where they're trying to just trying to slide in other messages. So now when truth is presented, people won't know that this is truth anymore. And so that's why we have to be diligent and intentional through writings, through, through songs, through whatever the case may be. Hey, you know what? This is truth. Hey, you know what? You need to change your mind on this perspective about Jesus. And we can do this. Repentance brings about healing and deliverance. Or brings about the healing and deliverance power of the kingdom. Mark chapter 6, verse 12 and 13. Actually, 11 through 13.
Matter of fact, let me start at verse. Ah, let's go to verse 7. <laughs> and he, Jesus, called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth by two and two and gave them power over unclean spirits and commanded them that they should take nothing for the journey save a staff only, no script, no bread, no money in the purse, but be shod with sandals and not put on two coats. And he said unto them, In what place soever ye enter into an house, there abide till ye depart from that place. And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear you when you depart thence, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. And when they went out and preached that men should repent, and they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed. So even as we're preaching and ministering on repentance, as people's hearts repent, healing and deliverance can take place. Because again, we said it on Sunday, we can slang all the oil, lay all the hands. Do all the hikamashas and do all of that. But if there's no repentance, it's not something that deliverance is not going to remain. So I think it's important for us is even as we're sharing, even as we're releasing, that we remember the message of Jesus that repentance comes forth out of our lips. So that way they understand that, hey, you know what, there needs to be change that takes place and change is available. And then the kingdom of heaven can show up. The deliverance can take place. And God so help us to do that. Repentance brings about forgiveness and the remission of sins, which we know. But here's the thing. It's more than a message we preach, but also a life that we live. Jesus says this. If your brother sins against you and they repent, forgive them. It says this, if your brother sins against you seven times in a day and they repent, forgive them. Woo! Man, think about that for a moment. What kind of place of humility does that bring us to? That is so risky. To have ourselves in a position to forgive somebody, then they sin against us again. It's like, well, man, that hurt. I don't want to have to forgive them or deal with them anymore. But what God wants to do through us on many of these occasions is to deal with, those, deal with that person through our own lives. He's like, no, they need to understand what forgiveness looks like. If they can't see the cross, then they can experience the forgiveness that we've received through us forgiving them. That is a challenge, but it is so necessary. <laughs> Jonah didn't want to do this. He's like, look, why I don't want to go to Nineveh, because you can read this on in later chapters, because some people used to say, well, man, how come God, 
How come God was all judging in the Old Testament, but he's all lovey and dovey in the New Testament? It's a contradiction. No, it ain't the same God. Because Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh because he knew, man, God's going to forgive them if they repent. And I don't want them to be forgiven. Right, they need to pay for their sins. Get them, God. I'll never forget, I'm sitting here walking on college campus, and here I'm, you know, I'm a Christian, and there was this uh, older gentleman, and I guess a lady as well, and as well as a kid, they were holding up these signs preaching hell and damnation to everybody, and then they're they're pointing at me, you're going to go to hell! I'm like, man, I'm saved too. And people were walking by, and it's like, man, what, what in the world is that? And these are people that weren't even Christians coming to me now. Man, what, what do you think about that? And I was like, ah, that ain't. That ain't how we roll. (laughs) God's not trying to get them. He's trying to restore them. That's what part of this, matter of fact, that's that's one of the beautiful things. It's even, wow. God's heart, even for this region, is not to destroy this region. He's not looking to send fire and brimstone because of the sins. And it's like, well, man, Philadelphia, they're not exercising the brotherly love that I've called this city to. I've spoken to the church of Philadelphia, read about it in Revelation. He's not. He's like, no, I got plans for this region. (laughs) If my people, which are called by my name, come to this place of humility humble themselves, and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. When we change our minds and understand, God, you know what? You so love these people. Lord, I don't care what type of ridicule might come my way, but these people, the, the, I was once one of them. <laughs> And that's our message. That's how we go forth. And here's another thing. Repentance causes a heavenly celebration. Jesus says this, that angels rejoice in the presence of God over one sinner that repents. That's in Luke chapter 15, verse 10. Over one sinner who repents says that there's joy in heaven. So, man, what does that heaven, environment of heaven sounds like with, with people getting saved every day? It's a whole bunch of rejoicing going on. So, so should our response be. If there's one person that repents and, 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 and gets saved and, and turns their, quote unquote, quote unquote, turns their life around to Jesus, man, I'm telling you, that's what repentance does. It sparks, bing! I wonder what the signal looks like in heaven. <laughs> For that continuous celebration, but that should be our aim. It's like, man, you know what? I, I want, Lord, I want to be able to be used to be able to cause heaven to celebrate. <laughs> you know, I think about, you know, I thought about this one personal moment uh, where I, I had... 
and I, I know I'm not the only one, but had like a Jonah moment, not that I was running, <clears throat> I guess, but there was a moment of just my will wanting to be stubborn before the Lord. And here's the thing, I'll never forget, I was in my office, this is as a youth pastor now, I was in my office, and I don't know, I think I got into a point of just, you know, just praying, and just real intense prayer, but then it was something on the inside of me, knowing what God wanted to do, but then my flesh was like, nope, I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. Then it was such a presence of God that became so strong, it is vivid. I will never forget to where I found myself on the floor, on my stomach, trying to get up but can't. And I'm sitting here, and I'm feeling this in my body. It was like every muscle was flexed because it was the flesh. I was like, no, don't want to do it. And I'm just grunting and pining away. But then eventually came to a point because, you know, you cannot wrestle with God. Right. Yeah, you're not winning that. Because sometimes, you know, I used to think it's like, yeah, I remember I got to my, you know, where my spirit, you know, got to a fight with the Lord. The Lord's like, it wasn't a fight. He's like, you need to change how that, he's like, you did, you, yeah, you did not get up. Until I came to a point of saying, okay, God, yes. And then it was such a lifting, and then it was like, Sat back down in my chair, and I'm just sitting here breathing heavy. It's like, oh, man. And it's like, yeah, you know, I had to wrestle that out of you. Not knowing what was coming down the road of what all yes means before the Lord. But in essence, I had to change my mind, my perspective about the call of God on my life. When I look at it in hindsight. It was rebellion. It was certain things that, you know, you were signed. It's like, okay, God, I want to do it, but then I don't want to do it. God, I want to give you all the glory. We talked about this on Sunday, but here's the reality of it. When he comes and really starts asking, then there'll be responses like, ah, you know, well, man, I don't want to do that part. I want to give you the glory that I want to give you. Not the glory that you want. (laughs) And we have this tendency. We want to give God what we feel like he wants when he's real clear. He's like, I want it all. And so after that breakthrough moment, I think about it just, you know, just I don't know at what point, but how God began to start speaking to my heart then as far as for just transition and, and things of that nature. So it's like, okay, God, it was a yielding process the whole time to be able to say yes and to be able to have a change of a mind. And here's the thing, as you continue to have a lifestyle of repentance and changing mind, then God keeps getting that yes. Here's the thing, we want it to be, we want it to be easier to release. That yes, okay, God, you know what? You don't got to pin me down to the ground no more. <laughs> I know I don't have to go through that. Once was, once was enough. <laughs> wow. Would I say I was stuck on the floor? was stuck on the floor. That was just one encounter moment. And that's when I realized, you know what, the Holy Spirit isn't always a gentleman or isn't always, quote, unquote, gentle. Because sometimes we like to say, man, the Holy Spirit, he's just so gentle. It's like, "Ah." he's got a strong side. So again, changing our mind even about the call of God and then with that, changing our mind and taking it even with more seriousness. Understanding the gravity of what it takes. 
It's like, man, you know what, God? Because that's where the old flesh will, that's where the old habits and core values and things that have been established will try to kick back in. Here we understand the call of God, but we want to continue doing what we've done to go to a new level. And it doesn't work that way. So that risk, again, some change, it'll alienate friends. It'll alienate you sometimes. Like, man, you know, I'm not used to this. But when we understand that it's the call of God, then we know that it's going to be so beneficial for and fruitful for our lives. One thing we don't want to be, and I, and I, I thought this was, I don't even fully grasp this illustration, but it came to me. We don't want to be people that are, and, and again, because this can happen in the body of Christ. Here, I'm a youth pastor wrestling with the Lord at that time. And so, and I guess in an outward sense, it can look like, man, he's being so fruitful. But you don't want to have fruit with no seeds. So what happens is what many, what we can find ourselves doing, we can be bearing fruit. And it looks like, man, that is so fruitful on the outside. And one thing that we do understand about fruit with no seeds, that's only what man produces. Men know how to produce fruit now without seeds. And so what the seeds does, what God does when we produce fruit in him with seeds, then it's something that can continue on from generation to generation and seeds spread. That's why, we, again, we can't compare. It's like, well, man, that ministry is so fruitful. The Lord's like, man, no, it ain't. It's just for this moment of time, and then they're gonna, it's going to fall when they fall. It won't continue on. So we want, we want fruit with seeds so that way it remains when we're gone. And that happens with that changed mind. It's like, man, you know what, God, I understand also, Lord, if, if we need to come to repentance and just thinking that salvation is only about us and not understanding that the call of God is for us, for other people and other generations that follow. Man, your repentance, our repentance can cause other people can, to reap blessings. One of the cool things, and I, I've known it, but to hear God just kind of expressly say it uh, again was just so encouraging and cool at the same time. I was like, well, God, that's true. This is how it works. He was like, man, you know, even your ministry as a pastor, the fruit that you're going to reap, the harvest you're going to reap is stuff that you didn't even sow. It's like there's people that have gone before you and, and sown stuff that you get to reap the benefits because of saying yes. Now, if, if I don't have a changed mind, then, you could, then we can just be like, oh, yeah, look at that. And then we can just self-aggrandize. Someone's always blazed a trail for us at some point or another. Someone broke through in some form or fashion for us to experience what we've experienced. That's why we have to keep breaking through in that same manner, in that same likeness. My God, somebody just say yes to the Lord right now. <laughs> so again, our doing is not apart or it's not separated from the condition of our heart and mind. When we do, it's, it's, with, it's with a changed mind, it's with a changed heart, it's with a changed attitude. <laughs> and so now we go with this understanding and saying it's like Lord you know it's not my will but yours be done I love it how Jesus when he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane 
And he had his disciples with him, and then three journeyed with him a little bit further, and then he went even a little bit further in, in, in himself. And then he comes back, finds his disciples sleeping. <laughs> he says, man, man, I need you guys to watch and pray. This is a season to watch and pray. We must watch and pray. So he goes off, prays again. And this when he has that moment in essence, with him wrestling as well, just like, Lord, if there's, Father, if there's another way to do this, but nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Comes back, his disciples, they're asleep again. And he did this about three times, and then uh, the uh, last time he came, he's like, look, you know what, go ahead and get up. My betrayer is here. What we want to do is in this season to help sustain just even this attitude, this heart before the Lord, is continue to watch and pray. That's part of our response. I mean, I think praying now, and it doesn't ever change, but praying now is just going to be so key. Our communication with the Lord and hearing the Lord and keep feeding our spirit. That's how we get built up and stay built up to even release the message of God with the anointing and power in which he wants it to be released in. Because I'm telling you, we're in an age and time where the gospel is going to be released with demonstration and power. People aren't just going to hear it, but they're going to see the results of what the gospel, of what the kingdom of God. Because Jesus said, repent, the kingdom is at hand, and the kingdom would show up. So it was more than just change your mind, but then it's change your mind, and then boom, here's going to be some other stuff to help you understand that this is for real. So if we want the kingdom to show up, and we do, and, it's, and it has been showing up, and the kingdom is here, but just to continue to advance the kingdom, then let's be, be even excited about this. Here's the thing. I, again, it's putting it in a whole other context. It's like, no, again, repentance is not, it's a good thing. The world might be like, eh, I don't want to hear repent. Well, fine, shake the dust off the feet, and then we keep on going. There's people that are waiting for us. To hear the truth, to hear the message. And when they do, then it's like, woo, celebration time. This is what's part of this. I've been hearing so much about just the, the, the great awakening and we're, this, all this is coming as far as for revival and, and God outpouring and all these type of things. Well, I'm like, well, you know what? It begins with us. We don't have to wait for a certain time. We just get triggered. We just get triggered amongst ourselves. And to share Jesus, the Lord, the Lord gave me a cool idea. He was like, man, I want you to just do something creative just about the fellowship of pre fellowship, the foolishness of preaching. It's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. It's like, go ahead and be foolish. <clears throat> so I'm going to get before him. It's like, okay, God, what are we going to do? But we going to, it's going to be foolish. Like, man, what's he doing that for? Preaching. Declaring the word of the Lord. Some people are going to ridicule. Other people are going to be like, yay. I remember one time, and I, and I, <laughs> I think we were doing a, um, a live stream. I don't know if it was on a Wednesday or a Sunday. And, you know, uh, when we do the live stream, you can kind of see people that comment, and then you can see the little hearts and things of that nature. Then I saw, like, some mad faces and thumbs down, and I was like, oh, you know, in the heart. And he was, Lord's like, what? She's like, keep on rolling. 
Don't be mad because people watching because I had said something on the message about sin. And, and then as soon as that, it was a mad face. That mad face means that I don't like what you're saying. And then as I'm doing this, it, it crossed my heart. It's like, no, man, I don't want to offend anybody. But then the Lord's like, come on now. What did I already say about my word? Some people will be offended. It's okay. But we can't back up from truth because other people will be offended. We just, we just can't. Because as, if they still stay in our presence and offended, then eventually God can work some things out and they'll experience the deliverance that will break off that offense. So I'm like, okay, God, we got to. He's like, yeah, you can't wait for revival. It starts in you. It's like when you become revived, when you become alive to this, when you become convinced that this is something, that this is just the way of life and it's not a bad thing. Telling people about my love, telling people that, they, that there needs to be a change of mind because maybe they've heard wrong about God. It's like, man, you know what? You're right, God. And it's amazing how this is coming forth in an environment where people are becoming more hostile to the gospel and quote-unquote Christianity. I saw one stat, I'll finish with this, I saw one stat and that said, or this one article that said, you know, there are less and less Christians, or, or <laughs> less and less Christians. I was like, no, the people that claim they were Christians are realizing they're not. It's like the true Christian, the true church, we here. And there's going to be a distinction. <laughs> Sheeps and goats, there's going to be a distinction. Let's stand. <laughs> one, one thing that we just want to pray is just make sure that our heart isn't holding anything against anybody. So that way we can just release and be free, you know, in that regards. So that way we can reap and experience the, the, the true fruitfulness that God would have us to do. And so if there's some people that have sinned, sinned against us and we may have held forgiveness against them, uh, then we want to release that now in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for your tender mercies. We thank you, God, for your love. We thank you, Lord, for the beauty and grace of repentance. God, we thank you, Lord, for continuing to change our minds, God. And so, Lord, we just ask right now, Lord, if there's anybody, God, that has offended us, Lord, and sometimes we've been offended and, and don't even realize it because we've just been avoiding them or just avoiding the situation. God, we thank you, Lord, right now that you help us to release and to forgive. Whether they ask for it or not, God, to release and to forgive in the name of Jesus. May your heart be our heart towards them. May how you see them be how we see them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, and I thank you, Lord, that your kingdom has come. Lord, and we're excited about being participants. About being active agents and sharing and preaching your message, Jesus. To see others coming to the saving grace, God. And I thank you, Lord, for our boldness. 
a boldness, God, like never before, a conviction like never before. And I thank you, Lord, that even as we share that it's with signs and wonders and and demonstration following. (laughs) Signs and wonders and demonstration that follows, God, because we believe. Now, God, I thank you, Lord, for a stirring God and a firing God and even uh, just even helping us in our mindset about the cause, God, that you've given us. Lord, help us to, to, uh, to receive it and walk in it with a greater diligence, a greater focus, and even greater conviction, God, and understanding of the who, of the how. In the name of Jesus, God, and we thank you for the call. We thank you for the assignment. We thank you for the gift and gifts. Help us to steward God and to bear fruit in keeping with the changed mind <laughs> that it might impact others. And we can just say this it's just real simple, but it's powerful. Lord, not my will, but your will be done in me and through me, that you might get all the glory that you're looking for. (laughs) In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Glory to God. And so, again, I encourage just even from this past Sunday, um, if there's any additional just things, it's like, Lord, is there any other perspective, mind change that I need to go in any, in any area? Just continue to be before the Lord and get with God and write down and then whatever it is that he tells you to do and follow through. The grace is there. Follow through. The grace is there. And, again, this will show up. In, sometimes it won't even be the big things. It will be the little stuff that God will say. And so we just want to be quick to obey. Amen.